For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or f and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink, or a stranger and show you hospitality, or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick and in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it for one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. God, you are my smith. Forge me into the servant that you would have me be. Hit me hard enough to brush the scale and impurities from my life. Draw out my life to the length that you would have it. Make me tough enough to resist persecution and temper me so that I am hard enough to withstand my temptations. Lord, as I go through life, put me back in the fire from time to time to repair me as I get blemished with sin. And when my life is over and the fires of life are all quenched, Strikers and fellow, what are the people called that kind of help us? Missionaries that help us get here. Yeah, their their money is on a missions trip. Their money is on the missions trip, and thank you for so everything for getting us here. So, <laughs> right on. We got Pastor Steve with us tonight. Uh, he heads up um, outreach for uh, church, and uh, if you don't go to ELC, outreach at ELC. And so, yes. uh, he wanted to comment on my my look today. <laughs> it's really great, isn't it? We spent a lot of time in the sun today. Yes. So you've got a nice glow. And then this you. crazy hair too, <laughs> man. But uh, yeah, so today I wanted to reach out and kind of let y'all know the strikers for the podcast and the live event on the uh, group chat. Uh, just kind of talking with Pastor Steve today and going over just a couple questions um, about who he is, what he's doing, and what we did this week. So first nice. off, You've been on the podcast a couple times. I have. What are your top three core values? Uh, fun, relationships, and honor are top three. Not necessarily in that order. Gotcha, gotcha. And um, top core scripture. Core scripture, 2 Timothy 2.15, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So study the word, know the word, make good decisions based on the word, know how to live your life as a Christian. Gotcha. And then, so you're in charge of our uh, outreach ministries. Yes. This is one that we've been doing for a while, Yeah. Uh, even prior to you having the role. Yes. And uh, what got we've you? We've done, uh, it's been 13 or 14 times we've been to LA. So a long time before I. And then uh, how, long, how long have you been in this role? 
2019. Okay, right, so right before a pandemic lockdown. Nice, what, perfect timing, huh? Perfect. Gave you time to prep for when we were released. I, I joked that I have become an expert at counseling mission trips because we would plan them and then it couldn't happen. Gotcha. <laughs> so we're at LA Dream Center this week yeah. and uh, you'll see some posts on this group with some pictures that we've done. Uh, did a little jackhammering today. That was fun. Uh, yes, it was fun. It was a little tiring. Uh, the sun, uh, Caden got into it this week or today and uh, like he got zoned out, right? He just didn't even know what he was doing anymore. He was like the jackhammer king. Yes. <laughs> and, it, and when he got done, when everything was done, everybody was like uh, giving him fist bumps and it was uh, yeah, kind of a proud, cool. proud dad moment. Yeah. When uh, setting up this trip, what were you hoping to get out of uh, this trip? Or I guess, I, yeah, I'm just to let you answer that question. Well, you know, we say, I say we, like as an organization, we say that in mission trips, there's two things that we want to accomplish. One is that we want to uh, impact the people that we're coming to help, so we want to help people. And the other side of that is that we want to see people's lives trans transformed. For me personally, um, I feel like uh, the biggest piece of that is people's lives being transformed. So the people who are on the trip. The reason why I say that is because the Dream Center is out here. The Dream Center is doing their mission. They're doing their work. Whether we came this week or not, they would still do their mission. They would still do their work. But what would be missing out of the equation would be that you and I and your kids and Katie and the others that are with us, they wouldn't have the opportunity to be transformed by working with and helping people and, and the LA Dream Center. So I, I think the, the, thing, the thing I focus on when I'm trying to plan the trip is you know, that people's lives would be transformed. Gotcha. Favorite uh, part of the LA Dream Center trip? What are, you know, we have several activities. So far or throughout what we're gonna do? <laughs> I guess we've, we've, yeah, it's only, we've only it's, done a couple uh, things. Only a couple things. So <laughs> let's uh, go back to, so you've been here a couple times. What yeah. is one of the things that you just absolutely love? Yeah, you know, I, um, well, let me, let me just say this first of all. One of the things I love about the Dream Center is that nothing that we do here with them is difficult. It's all stuff that we could take home and do, you know, in our own cities, which is, which is great. But um, uh, one of the things that I really uh, love is, um, I think they still call it, refer to it as hot dog stand, which has nothing to do with a hot dog or a stand. <laughs> but it's really going, and I don't know why it's interesting, there's stories why it's called that, but um, it's basically going into the parks where the homeless are and connecting with people and seeing if you can pray for them, hand out snacks, give them water, drinks, uh, just connecting with people. But then again, I love what we did today in the projects, in Watts, knocking on doors, trying to connect people with the Dream Center so they could get help where they need it. Yeah, and like Alonzo last year, you tried to get me out of my comfort zone. <laughs> no, I think I did get you out of your comfort zone. Yes, yeah, I had, I had to knock on a couple doors and uh, hand out some flyers to let people know uh, different times of, that the LA Dream Center is in uh, their area and the things that they offer at that time. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, got to knock on a couple doors for sure. Yeah. Um, what are some upcoming mission trips that we've got coming up at ELC? All right, so we have two things coming up. One is uh, in stone on the website. You can sign up 
today, as a matter of fact, we already have people signed up for it, is a trip to, um, uh, I'm trying to remember the city. Oh my goodness. We're going to Mexico, yeah. right across the border from Del Rio. Your listeners probably know what the city name is and I can't think of what it is on the Mexico side. Um, and we're going there with that organization called um, Casas por Cristo, which is just Houses for Christ. And we're literally going to go and in a four day period, we're going to build a house for a family that doesn't have a house today. That's amazing. It, it's really four days a house. It's really crazy, but they've got, they know exactly what they're doing. They've, they've, they'll have it all set up for us when we get there. It's going to be great. And we're driving, which, you know, plus or minus, but Del Rio is not that far, but the trip's only 950 bucks, which is amazing that's the and that's the reason why we're not flying because we're trying to i'm trying to put together a trip that's inexpensive you know with our our trips out to um you know following pastor at different other churches when he's speaking for men's groups and i think the biggest thing that i've always enjoyed with that is uh driving and you you're not i kind of say forced to put in some time on building relationships and i think that that's a huge part of it so you're not likely going to sit in a car with somebody for eight or nine hours and not talk to them so unless you're caden and you got earphones (laughs) in and just kind of zoning out but yeah we don't that might be true (laughs) (laughs) right on well uh pastor i appreciate you coming on tonight just a real quick uh update on on what we're doing this week and uh for those who help put in on our trips and uh, just kind of a blessing out loud. Uh, you know, Caden's trip was fully funded within uh, a day or two of us knowing that he was going to go. So, uh, yeah, that was that was pretty awesome. Um, again, thanks for uh, coming on, and uh, we'll see what tomorrow brings for us. What, what do we have tomorrow? It's going to be great. Tomorrow we are uh, in the morning. We're doing food truck which means we're gonna take food into neighborhoods where people have houses, but they can't necessarily afford to support themselves. Uh, So we'll give groceries, fresh produce, probably meat and other stuff too. And then in the afternoon, we are doing Kids Jam, which is back at Watts in the projects, but working with all of the kids in the neighborhood to have some fun and teach them a little bit about the world. Right on. I hope that Alyssa and Caden enjoy that one. They get to play with some kids. Me, I'm going to be, because jumping around, uh, sweating like a pig. Y'all saw that today. <laughs> and for those that are on uh, this uh, live thing, you can see the, <laughs> the lines of uh, sun tanning. So what do you do? What do you we'll, do? Sunscreen we'll, tomorrow. We'll use sunscreen tomorrow. <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, we'll talk to y'all later. Strikers. Hey, Strikers, uh, welcome back to uh, LA Dream Center Fun Time yeah. with uh, Katie Ash, right? I haven't even looked at the last name. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> yes, that is my last um, So uh, we're at the LA Dream Center, and uh, we are talking with everybody that's kind of donated to uh, Alyssa and myself and uh, just giving them a little bit of extra experience of the Dream Center and kind of giving them a rundown of what we've been doing the past couple of days. So we are in day three. Yes. Total day three, but actually day two of serving. So uh, let's kick it off and get started. So, Ashley. Ashley. Uh, because of the ash, I'm sorry. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> I, <laughs> why, why do I do that? That's the second time I've it, done that. No, I think it's your first time, but Pastor Steve called me Ashley on accident. Um, but <laughs> just stuck. Um, we Katie. have talked about it a few times. Yes, so that's we, have, we have talked about but it. But that just came out so natural for you. Yeah, like, like, yeah, I don't know why. You sh you're Nashley now. Welcome, no. welcome to your new name. No. Katie, uh, welcome to the podcast <laughs> and to uh, everybody that donated to us. Um, so typically with uh, the Mighty Anvil, we do our top three core values. Okay. And so being embedded into ELC for so long, that should come natural to you, right? Mm -hmm. So what are your top three core values? My top three, so I actually have four. Four. Um, so my top ones are generosity, um, growth, servant's heart, and uh, solutions. Solutions, tell me a little bit more about solutions. So um, I am someone who, wherever I go, I add uh, excellence, I add value everywhere I come, but it's also wherever there is an, an issue or problem, you can point it out, and it's something that Pastor Keith and Pastor Josh always talk about, where it's like, you, you can be someone who just points out a problem, like anyone can do that, but how are you gonna fix it? How are you gonna add like value to where you're at? And the only, the only way you do that is to, uh, to bring a solution. My, my, actually, my mission statement is to, um, to be a solution to, every, to everyone by loving them. So it's, a lot of times a solution from, uh, can look like, can be very simple of like, of just being that person for someone, so. Gotcha, yeah, it's, there's something like, uh, if you're ever gonna bring a problem or an issue up, don't just bring up a problem because that's just adding yeah. to it, right? You wanna bring, here's the issue, hey, here's a solution to it. Might not be the one you go with, but it is, I think, I like that. Then that, out of the year and a half we've been doing the Mighty Anvil, I would say that, that was, that's a unique one. We actually had someone uh, consider, it was a pastor, uh, Brad Wilkerson at Rock Creek Church. One of his uh, core values was risk. Oh. And I was like, that's interesting. That's, yeah, that was, a, that was an unusual one as well. Right on, so um, core, uh, core scripture. Core scripture, it would be uh, Psalm 55, 22, which is, um, cast your burdens on the Lord and he will sustain you. Um, he will never let the righteous be shaken. Uh, something that I've always gone back to um, because I have in the past like dealt with like anxiety and stuff, but, um, but it's also something of like, I personally really like control and like that's very natural. And I think that's natural for a lot of people and like most people, but um, something that's just, for me, is something I highly deal with and um, it's where it's just a reminder for me of like, you know what, it's okay, God has this. But you have to be willing to give it up. Otherwise, he cannot take control. He will never take anything from you. God gave us free will for a reason. And if you, if you want to keep it, he'll let you. Because you have that free will, he will never disrespect that. So you have to be willing to give it up. So that's why that's one of my core, uh, that's my core verse. I like it. I like it. Uh, so first time to the LA Dream Center. Yes. And uh, but not your first time on a mission trip. No. So um, I don't know what all your all your like listeners know or stuff. But um, with ELC they have an internship, and I was an intern. I graduated from the the uh, Elevate Leadership Institute. Um, graduated uh, last July. 
and uh, best experience. But um, from there, I we were supposed to go on a mission trip to London. Never happened because of COVID, sadly. Ooh, COVID. Exactly. Um, <laughs> we don't even get me started. Um, <laughs> but um, I did get to go to a mission trip in Nashville, and that was so fun. And um, we did a lot of homeless, like, there are a lot of the stuff that we did was actually homeless outreaches. And like, so this is like pretty different, but um, from what I did with like the homeless outreaches, like that was amazing. And it was like so eye-opening. So, yeah. It, how has it been different uh, with LA Dream Center compared to uh, Nashville? Um, what's different is, I feel like a lot of times like with missions, uh, missions work, you that tends to focus on homeless homelessness which is an issue um and that's also something that the la dream center focuses on too but what i find very interesting is that actually the vast amount of programs they have and it's like most places um because when we were in la oh sorry nashville when we were in Nashville, they, like we went to multiple different groups. Like we went to um, the bridge, with the, which the bridge is, is like um, they go to the certain bridge in Nashville that a lot of homeless people like live underneath. Like they literally like live underneath there. Like we did that. We did. Um, how many people? Uh, how many people are under the, the bridge? I don't know. I cannot remember. But it was probably. Um, It was probably at least like at least maybe like two football sides, football oh, fields. It was a long bridge. Okay. Yeah, it's a long bridge, um, and like there was like tents on tents on tents on tents, um, and it, it was a very interesting experience. But it was very eye opening. We just took, we just literally brought food over there. It was a very quick outreach, but it was really, honestly, really cool because not a lot of people can go over there um, because like. Like I, from what I remember, it's like there was police officers because of like how many homeless people are people who are there. Like there would actually be like police officers like making sure. Um, and then, but there was also another one that really stood. Oh, there was two more that really stood out. One was actually like a food bank, but it was like an assembly line where it's like you actually like held the bags, you walked through like this like grocery store almost like it was set up like a grocery store and they would literally tell you what they wanted and you would put it in the bag for them and you carried it with them. Well, that's interesting. That's a little different concept because what we noticed today uh, was that they might not want the exact food that we were giving them. Yeah. So they were wanting to trade and barter, but we'll get to that in a second. So um, what were you expecting or what did you hear about this trip and what were you expecting? Um, so I am really close to like, like, to a lot of people who've gone went on the trip last year and I had like a lot of people like hyping it up for me um, and um, I heard a lot about the kitchen and just like stuff like that just kind of um, stuff with that but also um, actually from you with the foster care of uh, foster care kids um, and then um, me and Pastor Steve I work with Pastor Steve. I don't know if that's, oh, I probably yeah. should say, I'm Pastor Steve's assistant. <laughs> um, <laughs> probably should state that so it's not as confusing. Um, I, so we have been talking a lot about adoptive blocks um, because we're actually planning to bring that to Frisco, um, to the Frisco area and to our own spin, but to bring that. And so 
to be able to like learning about it, knowing about it, but actually going in with that knowledge is very interesting because we actually did like the adopt block piece where you go and knock on doors mm -hmm. in Frisco already. Okay. We've actually started that and it's, it's something like bring, doing it here and doing it with the people who are already so used to it and seeing the relationship. Crazy. But um, what, like, what I was expecting, like, it was like, I've had a lot told to me, so I had a really good feel. But what I, like, what's really standing out to me is like the relationship piece. And, um, something like at least with me personally it's like I've always been like behind the scenes type of person very much of like okay like let's do the hard labor part because I can get it done and it's like oh I can do the relationship piece but it's like not like mm. it's like how far out of there you have your comfort zone or is it I don't, I don't know that I noticed anything out of your comfort zone you seem pretty natural at everything that we've done it's so something far. I've grown in a lot and um, where it's something that I can actually say, like, I have a lot more confidence in. Um, but it's, it's something like that is still out of my comfort zone because it's like, okay, naturally, like, I'm not one of those people who will, can, like, literally just carry on a conversation like that. But it's like, but it's like the relationship piece is such, like, that's the biggest thing that's like standing out to me because that is what's making this entire thing work. Like you can get the food trucks. You can get, like, we've, we've managed to do that with like stuff in Frisco. Like we've managed to get food trucks. We've managed to, um, we can get the servant leaders. And it's like, we can get like, because we can get people on board, but to like, that is so out of people's comfort zone to do relationship with people like that, to go knock on doors and say, hey, can I pray for you? Because they're like to other people, they're like only Mormons do that. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you think of someone in like a like a white button up in a tie. It's funny you say that. So uh, a couple of years ago, when we were living at our other house, uh, got a knock on the door, uh -huh. and uh, opened it up, and there was two um, missionaries for the Mormon Church, and they were like, "Hey, uh, do you know Jesus?" And I was like, "Absolutely, he's a great guy." Uh, and so we got to talking, and they asked, "So." Uh, where do you go to church? Because they saw that I, you know, attended somewhere, and I was like, "Oh, ELC." And they go, and both of their eyes got big, and they were like, "Oh, the church, the Church of Giants." And it was just funny because <laughs> you know, if you've ever been there, you know that there's quite a few tall people in the church. It's 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 interesting. It was just a kind of side note there, but yeah. Um, when you're talking about relationships, what are some keys that you think that would help build that? If you're doing well, first off, do we know how often we'll do it? Is it Saturdays? Is it what's that look like? Um, so we're kind of still playing around with it. Um, so kind of what I would say might not be like definite. So we're 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 kind of talking about um, Saturdays once a month, um, but doing the adopt like the adopt a block piece of like going and knocking on doors type of thing, doing it twice a month. Gotcha. Um, and it's kind of just to get our feet wet, but also it's like. There is such like a need here mm -hmm. and not saying there's not a need in Fresco, but it's it's definitely it's a different. different. It's a, on a different scale and it's it's also just looks different. And the biggest thing is like um, like today. So 
Today we did uh, Kids Jam, which was pretty much like their kids ministry, but for like the kids and the projects. And it was a really great experience, but it's like, that can be like one of the biggest things of like, where it's like, you know, these kids might not ever hear about God unless like we tell them. And like we, we put that in them, so. Yeah, so you know, they have, uh, not students here, but they have uh, people come in and, and serve during that, during like a couple of months stay. Mm -hmm. And that, I think that's how they build that relationship, right? Mm -hmm. And we, we took that, we, we saw that this week. So um, I was wondering maybe during the week if that was something that if y'all have even thought about having the interns come in and do weekly stuff. Because, because I think that what I see there is there's consistency in the interns and then that builds a relationship and the comfortability that the the uh, Frisco residents that we're trying to assist would help. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm just, you're just throwing that out there as an idea. It's definitely an idea. Um, I wouldn't necessarily be able to speak on that, <laughs> seeing as like we don't. Well, that was, we don't get wow. To, yeah, it's 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 definitely an idea and something like I can definitely bring up, but don't know gotcha. yeah <laughs> but it's definitely an idea like I, I like that but um i mean like there are there would still be like period of time where that because they're like interns have breaks um there would be a period of time where that that wouldn't be possible gotcha gotcha so it's, it's something to dabble with we're we're kind of just throwing everything out there and kind of just been like all right so what like what can we do like, what are we taking from this? Like, what what can we improve our ideas more? And it's, it, right now, it's it, like, even though it's very close, um, it's very much of, okay, let's just brainstorm. Yep. Still, like, um, at, at Elevate, one of the, um, one of, like, something that we always say with, um, especially, like, with brainstorming times of, like, okay, we're just bring every idea to the table, like just hear every uh, every idea. Don't like exclude one, and then we'll come back and actually like figure out what we're gonna do. Gotcha. So, so uh, out of the expectations of this week, what were you looking to get out of this week? Um. So I've experienced a lot of different, like even like in Texas and like the Dallas area. I've experienced like a like different like stuff, and. I guess also because this is work related, I was expecting, like there was two big things that I was expecting. One was to just really get to learn about what they're doing and why it's so great. And why, like why Pastor Steve is wanting to bring it. Like how, like it's like kind of like, my idea is like how, like this is what my brain thinks of is like, how great can something be that other, that someone else is wanting is still the exact same layout. Like you like, you must have something great if someone's literally wanting to steal the exact same thing. Right. Um, not steal, but. <laughs> <laughs> Take on, borrow, yeah, yeah. 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 You know, uh, we can always ask for forgiveness for stealing, right? <laughs> um, and then my other thing is like with everyone else coming on the trip, just because, um, again, I've done this type of stuff. Like my biggest thing is like the people who are coming on this trip with me and like, including you, is that they get something, that they get impacted because there's something that's really great in everything that we do. And I, and I personally am someone who believes that in everything that you do, you should have a personal reason why. 
because you can do something just to do it, but if you don't have a reason why, you'll never get something from it. Because um, we could have done, like we did food trucks this morning where we um, packaged up a bunch of food um, and then we went out to Chinatown and we passed out food to these, um, to these people. That could have just been something that you did. But if you went into the reason why of like, you know, like they keeps on like reminding us like, you're feeding people. Like we fed 90, 90 people. We fed families. But it's like, I also believe that if you don't have your personal reason why you're doing it, you're not gonna get something. And it's like, if you even figure out what your why is in the middle of it, then great. Um, that's some, that's some, actually like the biggest thing that helped me with like through my internship process is like, what's my why? Why am I doing this? Why are you doing this? What, this? Every, the mission strip yeah, yeah. or? Or just in general, why are you where you're at right now? Um, I'll kind of speak on like with me at, on staff at the church and also just assisting Pastor Steve. Um, so obviously I didn't like, I was praying and hoping that I would get to assist Pastor Steve because I actually have a big passion for missions and outreach. Um, but being on staff also, I, because I'm an, I'm an admin assistant and what that looks like is I do a lot of the back-end processes and I do a lot of the back-end work and assess, with me assisting Pastor Steve, I'm like, he calls me his right hand. Um, and, but I'm doing the thing that a lot of people don't want to do is to do the thinking ahead, doing the thing that's like, do the, the tedious acts, um, being, being that planner that other people don't want to be. And it's like, even those small things, like the things of tracking data, um, just making sure that attendance was taken, um, sending an email out to someone of like, hey, you missed, uh, you missed this, like we would love to invite you next time. Um, I'm, we are still, because the big part of the church is like, we're wanting to reach people, but we're also wanting to disciple people. And if people in the background don't do those things, is it gonna happen? And it's gonna happen, but I get to be one of those people who gets to do that. Nice. And it's, it's also like the fact of, for me, I take a really big honor of getting to be on staff and getting to be a part of Pastor Key's vision, but also part of the, just being a part of the church, like the universal church, because someone can look at me and be like, you know what? Like she's doing great work, I wanna be like her. And that's something, it's like I take pride because it's like what I'm doing is really impacting someone. And it, 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 it's to me, it's like I don't necessarily get that emotional, but when I get to, to this stuff, it's like this means a lot because I poured my life into this for the past like three years into just min like ministry and God's never disappointed on what the outcome has been. Because I believe that if you, if you have your reason why, God will show you the outcome of that. I agree. Has anything surprised you this week so far? I would say that something that kind of has surprised me is, I'm very much a structure person, I like structure, is of how well I know this isn't like affecting people, but um, 
of how well that I feel like the LA Dream Center is balanced between um, like structure and like task and then relationship. They're very balanced with it. And I know if they probably like were talking to themselves, they'd probably be like, ah, I don't know. But like from what I'm like viewing, it's like, they'll tell you like, hey, this is what I need done. And, but they're also very much of like, hey, when you talk to this person or like when you go and you're serving with this group of people, ask them their story. They're so willing to tell you, mm -hmm. go ask them, like talk to them. And sometimes it's like when you're serving with other people, it, one, it's kind of, be a little awkward but it's also it can be or very much okay let's get this done or sometimes it can also just be like oh like just kind of chilling talking i found myself yesterday when we were talking to lupe mm -hmm. uh and you know getting ready to go do some work and he started telling a story and man he was very passionate about where he was where he came from and where he is today yeah. and part of me i found myself going, okay, shouldn't we go work or whatever? But I think that, you know, his, I needed to back up and, and I wish I had not had those thoughts and actually listened the whole time because, you know, his story was pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. Is there someone's story that stuck out to you so far that you've talked to? Uh, so that was a little different, um, getting, knocking on doors. Have you, have you done that before? Mm -hmm. Well, okay. I did it because, again, me oh. and Pastor Steve, like, have already kind of started rolling it out. Um, but beyond that, like, really, no. And I actually think that, like, so far, that's been my favorite part. Gotcha. Because it's so out of the normal. And it, like, what's really weird is like, like, I don't know if you would feel the same way about this, but it's like, you're doing like so little, like, and you like, if to me, it's like, you're like, you feel like you should be doing more. Right. Like, I feel like I need to be doing more. But at the same time, it's like, oh, um, this is actually nerve wracking. Like, what am I going to say? Like, if they were like, and it's like, my head is like, okay, if they respond like positively, what am I going to say? If they respond negatively, what am I going to say? And was that prior to you actually knocking on the door? Was that, that, that in your head stuff going on as you were talking to the person? Both. And okay. when I, personally, like when I get like that, uh, because that's naturally like, I get stressed of like, what am I going to say next? I literally have to shut my head down and go, okay, do, God, you have this let it flow gotcha um because something i've always been taught to do and something i actually do a lot is like even when i pray it's like pray like god whatever i pray let it be from you yeah i found it interesting like last year and i think i might have told you the story but last year everybody was telling me for months like this is going to change your life and mm -hmm. this is going to be so amazing and you're going to just be blown away by it and then when you know first three days I'm sitting here going, this is something we should be doing anyway. I'm not sure why this is so impactful to people, but as every, all the strikers know that I've, I've told a story about the foster family uh, mm -hmm. story. And yeah, it was that boom hit me. It hit me hard. And that's, that's one reason why uh, we back uh, Embrace. So we're big supporters of them. And, you know, hopefully we, we do a little more than what we have been. So yeah. And there's going to be great things coming with that too. So so as we wrap up, is there anything that you're looking forward to coming up? Is there anything that uh, you hope to see? So I think I was telling you this earlier is that I'm actually looking forward to the homeless outreach tomorrow. Okay. Um, I think for myself, but also for everyone, it's like, I think that when there's a homeless outreach, like it is very impactful because it's like you like, for us, I 
it's kind of hard to imagine, like to fathom like what it's like in that scenario. And to watch these people, but also to be able to help them. And then tell them like, hey, God loves you. And it, it's something I was reminded of today, like with the kids, like being in the kids jam is like they're like you hear this like in any kids program but like they were very like much of like you know what like what are you going to do to like to be like a good influencer like to share like god like share god's word and it's just like they're like it could be as simple as like jesus loves you and <laughs> yeah. and it's and i i've like today like that actually stood out to me because it's like you know what that actually is like, i think we take that for granted like literally just telling someone like you know what? jesus loves you like, God bless you, have a great day. But also like to, because we'll actually put, be able to put actions behind our words too, has even greater impact. And I think when someone is at a very low point in their life like that, the amount of impact something like that can do. Right on. All right, Strikers, well, the, that wraps up for today. Uh, tomorrow we'll have another guest on. Uh, with what we go through tomorrow. What do we got tomorrow? We have uh, the homeless outreach in the morning and then we will also be doing another adopt block, block so knocking on doors uh, in the afternoon. And then we have church tomorrow night. Church tomorrow night, rooftop church. Yep. Right on. All right, Strikers, uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back with our next guest for the next day. It's kind of weird this podcast flow is flowing a little bit different than what it usually does, but we'll, uh, we'll be right back. Hey Strikers, uh, welcome back to episode season, well let's go season six, episode I believe it's three. Uh, it's a little bit different than we usually do, but then we also got Facebook Live uh, for all of our friends there that uh, kind of helped us get here. So I think you, I put you on the team mm -hmm. or on that Facebook uh, homepage group, whatever it was, uh, last year because uh, you joined us last year. But yeah. we have um, we have Leroy with us today, Leroy Ayella, that, th that yes. the last name trip me up so uh, I've got I was telling them that I've got a couple of friends with the same last name but I don't know why I can't ever yeah. it, the L throws me off I don't know why <laughs> I don't know why so um, with uh, the, the mighty anvil we have we usually go over our core top three core values of, of who we are and yeah. who, what are your top three core values I'm gonna say my top three core values would probably be excellence okay. would be the first one um, generosity would probably be the second and I'm going to say quality time. I know quality, quality time tends to be maybe a little bit more of what we say a life language. Yeah. Um, but I like to, to say that it is one of my core values to spend time with people, right. not just in an acquaintance sense, but to really dive deep and just hang out, develop nice. relationships that way. So nice. Uh, that's a new one. As far as uh, quality time, as far as uh, core values, we haven't had that. I was yeah. telling, um, I think it was Pastor Steve yesterday or the other day, we had a pastor uh, from Rock Creek Church over in, in Frisco, and he has a core value of risk. I thought that was that was interesting. He yeah. said, "I like to take risks." I mean, you know. So anyway, um, so this is not your first rodeo here mm -hmm. at uh, the uh, LA Dream Center. Uh, how many times have you been out here? I've probably been out here ten times. Ten times. Yeah, over the last twenty years that we've been at the church, been gotcha. out here ten times. And wh why? Uh, why so many times? What's what? Draws I, you, you know, out here? I I love the Dream Center. And what they do. I love what they stand for. They have a heart for people. They have a heart to reach the community, to reach the lost, and they do it in the most simplistic ways. Gotcha. I think a lot of times we feel challenged of holding the microphone or maybe saying the right scripture. Right. 
but the Dream Center makes it look easy. Although it's not because of what they have to undertake, the financial weight that they carry or the weight of having to provide enough canned foods or breads or whatever, but the Dream Center has such a great system in place to be able to reach so many people in the city of Los Angeles. Um, I just fall in love with it. And then um, the discipleship program, the men's discipleship program is a great program for men in my life was going a particular direction to where I'd be a few steps away, a few decisions away from being in the discipleship program. Yeah, could you elaborate if you don't mind? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was raised in a Christian home. Mom and dad gave me everything that a boy would need. Uh, was sent to a Christian school and went to college on a baseball scholarship and didn't really get around the wrong crowd so much at college doing the typical college guy thing. But when I came home, I got around the wrong crowd. And the first night, or I went to a nightclub. So remember the nightclub with a friend of mine. He says, hey, you want to try something? I said, yeah, sure, why not? So the first night I ever did drugs, I did mushrooms, ecstasy, and cocaine all in the same night. Wow. Same time. That's was a party. Flying. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, was absolutely flying. And it led me down a path of, of six or seven years of just partying hardcore you name it I was doing it you name the chemical you name the drug I was doing it I was shooting it up now along with that I was also DJing I was traveling the world I was playing clubs in Miami and Cancun Las Vegas and Dallas doing warehouse parties so I mean it was a constant every weekend two or three days non-stop I would watch the sunset on Friday night and I wouldn't go to sleep until the sun rose on Monday Oh. So just 48 hours, 72 hours of just straight partying. And there was a time when the crowd around me was, was massive. There were people coming in and out of my life, but there were so many times I would find myself in a hotel by myself, picking rocks out of the carpet just to be able to shoot up one more time. Um, my life was a mess. So along comes this girl, Ashley, into my life. And I fell in love with her. And there was this one last trip this one last time that I was able to go to Las Vegas and I went to Vegas. I did what I needed to do in the club. And then I disappeared for three days, found myself hanging around some people doing all kinds of drugs. And, um, my parents were desperately looking everywhere for me. There's their son in Las Vegas missing. I knew right where I was. I was locked up in a hotel room and, and, um, Ashley finally got a hold of me on the phone. She says, it's that life. You can party. You can do all the drugs you want. I don't care but today you have to choose. It's me or the drugs. It's me or the drugs. I came home and my life changed. And around all that time is when I showed up at Elevate Life Church as well. So there was a guy who was the student pastor at the time. His name was Tad Tomaseski. Uh -huh. yep. And I set up an appointment with Tad and I went and sat in his living room in Prosper, Texas. And I said, Tad, I can't promise you that I was sober yesterday. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. And I can't promise you that I'm going to be sober tomorrow, but you got 30 minutes, these next 30 minutes where I'm sober. So what can we do? Tad didn't bat an eye. He didn't blink an eye. He said, you know what? Show up tomorrow or show up this week and help us set up for student ministry. I showed up to serve on a Wednesday night. The student ministry used to meet in a movie theater, AMC movie theater, and been there ever since 20 years. Wow. Because I had Ashley who saw more in me than what I saw in myself. And then I had a guy and Tad who gave me a chance when nobody else will. And then a mom and dad who never quit praying for me. 
Wow, that's amazing because, uh, I mean, I, I don't know you a whole lot. We met last year on, the, on this trip, and uh, just from what I know about you, mm -hmm. I would have, that story would have never, I would have like, what? Are you, yeah. you know, if someone was telling me that story, I would not have believed that. Wow, mm -hmm. that's, that's pretty amazing. Um, so com coming back to the LA Dream Center, uh, what, what is your, f I, it, there's so many aspects that they take care of. What's some of the ones that you really enjoy doing? I love the Adopt-A-Block. Um, similar to what we did today, we've done it a couple other times. It's always been the same, going to same parts of town, but I love going into the communities. I love being able to go to somebody's door, knocking on the door, saying, hey, we get in the next few minutes, the kids are going to be playing a game, or we're going to have this activity, or hey, we want to invite you to church, but can we pray with you? And just talk to people and see the need. And, and not be able to meet their need financially, but just for a moment to be able to give these people a glimmer of hope that there's somebody who's coming from all across the country to say, hey, if there's anything you need, I might not be able to do it for you, but God can do it for you. Right. So being a part of that is incredible. Um, Skid Row Outreach is definitely humbling. Yeah, we went there today, right? Yes. And man, that is, uh, it's interesting that it's, it's a lot cleaner, not, I say a lot cleaner, there's a difference in between last year's Skid Row yes. and this year's. But uh, I mean, I think that there's, they've had some things in place to get ready for some upcoming events. I don't want to get into that because I've got some uh, hot opinions yes. on that. <laughs> yes. But uh, it was different. It was definitely interesting. I, I, we had not, last year we just kind of drove through because of the way that everything was uh, kind of not shut down, but mm -hmm. yeah, the way it was going. But uh, did anything stand out to you today? You know, I love Skid Row, but today, I was telling Ashley earlier, something that I really had to overcome with this one was a lot of fear. So it was three years ago that I came out here. I don't know if you were with us three years ago. Mm -hmm. And we were with the group. Um, there were probably about 30 of us that year, but I was with a group of 10 of us, went down to Skid Row. We were handing out, handing out Gatorade and Doritos that day. So we go around and do what we do. We inviting people to this area and there were two gentlemen they didn't like the fact that we gave Doritos out. They wanted something else. So um, they didn't like it. So they started arguing with us. Then the argument started amongst themselves. Before you know it, they pulled out guns. They both unloaded full clips right in front of us. We were about 10 feet away from them. I mean, full pop, 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 pop glass shattering and cars around us. So that moment is very vivid to me you know being eight feet away you know 10 feet away from people just unloading shooting everywhere right in front of us so i really had to battle fear today looking over my shoulder it's a whole nother thing to say god is with you god's going to protect you but when you're standing in the midst of the very place that brings you so much fear right and to have that faith that god is with you it's, 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 it's a different thing, you know, so from man to man, there was a part of me that was scared right. today. What was, uh, so what, what was it, something that you used or how did you get through that? I just had to work through it. I just had to work through it and realize that the, that, that was just such a random circumstance. I had to, I had to kind of say to myself some of the real things, like the Dream Center wouldn't be going back there if it was a dangerous, an right. extremely dangerous place. I know when the sun goes down, it's probably the Wild West out there. Um, but if something like that was occurring on a regular basis, the Dream Center wouldn't continue to take teenage, 
teenagers down right. there, right? And here I am, a 46-year-old grown man down there. Okay, let the, just these people, they need a little bit of hope. They're thirsty. Let me give them some Gatorade. God, you're going to protect me. And that's it. I just had to fight my way through it. It was interesting. Uh, so we're down there today, and uh, my daughter is, well, I think Pastor Steve told us, I don't know who, oh, no, it was uh, not Thomas. It was... What was the other gentleman's? Uh, Joseph. Joseph. Okay. Joseph was talking in the back seat on the way down there, and he was like, "Yeah, so you know, you have to pay rent, and if they mm -hmm. don't pay rent, that they get kicked off the block." And and both my kids were like, "What? They they gotta pay rent on the on the streets?" <laughs> and uh, they didn't realize that paying rent's not just like, "Hey, here's yes. 10, 15 bucks." It's uh, doing special favors yes. for special people, yeah. and uh, that really. That really kind of took me back too. I, I mean, I kind of understood what, what he was implying about paying rent, but yeah. it, just hearing it and seeing it down there, that was interesting that, uh, yeah, it's just not, it's just not a place to stay. You, yeah. you, you're really fighting for your life and, and, you know, paying some dues that you don't want to. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And it, it's, it's really sad down there because everybody has a sense of value, right? When God created an individual person, he created, and my belief is, he had something for that person. If he allowed him to go through the process to be in a mom's womb for nine months, then he had a purpose for that life. So to see people down there suffering the way that they do, a lot of them by their own choice, mm -hmm. right? Because they don't want to get life right, or maybe they have a gambling issue or a drug issue and just continue on that cycle. But still, it's sad to, to know that, that night after night, they have to fight through that. They don't see that value in themselves. So sidetrack, backtrack to my story a little bit. One of the things that I had to realize in my life, if, if I were to trace a chemical, something like cocaine, all the way back to the jungles of Colombia, a cocaine plant might cost 50 cents, like the actual plant itself, to yeah. harvest it and to pull it. And I had to tell myself that my life is worth more than 50 cents. Okay. Right. And, and then if you trace that all the way back to where it ends up all the way at my nose and all the hands it passes, yes, I know the value of it increases, but the start of it was 50 cents. Hmm. So the start of a life of 50 cents versus the start of the life and what God had for me, this God side is way more valuable than that. Gotcha. Wow. Last year before I, I came here, and I've mentioned it a couple of times to several people, it was like, for months, people are like, oh, this is going to change your life. It's going to, like, you're going to find, so, uh, it's just going to be life-altering. What was the moment that was life-altering for you or the biggest change for you when coming, since you've been here so, so many times? I think it was, it, it was almost yesterday because I had come many years and I had led the students. We have a four-year-old son, his name's Mateo. So the last time we had brought the students out, we didn't have Mateo yet. And last year, two years ago, Mateo, two and a half years ago, Mateo would have been one and a half. Last year he would have been three, but now he has a different personality, right? There's that bond between the dad and the son that's going on now that he's more than four. So yesterday it was just looking at these kids differently, right? Um, just knowing how some of them might grow up without a dad, without some of that love, without some of that. and so. I think it was in all these years, that moment yesterday, seeing some of these kids walk around, you know, seeing a three-year-old kid just wandering the projects yesterday without a parent in sight. It's, it's, it was crazy. Yeah. Like, like there's not a parent in sight and they're just, you know, there's all kinds of stuff on the ground. There's all kinds of dangerous things on this ground for these kids to find there's not a parent in sight. 
And I never want my son to have to experience that. You know, something that I noticed last time, well, last time we were there in, the, in, uh, in Watts, uh, part of the team ran into a kid that had a toy gun, mm -hmm. but the way that he was holding it and the way that he was acting with it demonstrated that he had been around <laughs> that atmosphere before. Yeah. And uh, this round, I noticed a kid that was at the kids' gym who had a knife in the back of his pants. Mm -hmm and uh took me by a little bit of surprise i mean i know what we've seen so far up until this point but uh, that was yeah. that was surreal it's yeah. like he what that kid was probably 10 11 years old mm -hmm. i don't think he was any older than that but mm -hmm. and you know and coming up in those streets i i can understand why he feels the need he needs to carry a knife just yeah. for some kind of protection because you don't know what's going to happen yeah um what were you expecting from this trip <sighs> I guess I had kind of known what to expect because of how many times I've been. I expected to be able to spend some time with some people from the church that I don't normally get to spend time with. I've been able to spend some time with you and Steve. You know, Steve's been at the church forever, but I don't really get a lot of time with them. Right. And then, of course, we have our other teammates. Your kids are with us, you know, getting to know them. They're incredible. And with Julia and, and Katie, too. So I expected to be able to get to spend more time uh, with them, which has been a plus. Um, I expected to be able to feed and, and just spend some time with people out in the communities. Um, expectation, it kind of took me for a loop on that one. You know, I didn't know if there was, a, I didn't know if I had a specific expectation in place because I kind of knew what to yeah, yeah. expect. Um, but I don't take it for granted either, right? You know, you kind of know if you go to a restaurant and you order something eat every time you expect the same quality and and when it's not brought out to you the right way well then you're not going to like that steak well the dream center is always delivered it's yes. always delivered exactly what has been expected the, the type of ministry the type of outreach the type of programs the way that it feels when you walk onto the site um, um so yeah <laughs> i think that's that so one last question before okay. we, uh, we, we, we trim it down. Um, what would you tell or how would you encourage people? What would you say to someone to get them to uh, come out if they've not been out to a ministry like this? Or I think next year we're going to the New York Dream Center. Yeah. Uh, I think it's been around for 20 years as yeah. well. I'm not sure which one is older, but um, what would you, how would you encourage someone to, to come, to yeah, come join yeah, us yeah. next year? I, I would say... But I think it's a life-changing opportunity, right? I think it's an opportunity to be able to see God use you to reach his people, to reach his community without having to say anything, right? You don't have to say the right words to hand somebody groceries, right? Right? You don't have to say the right things to hand somebody some Gatorade. You don't have to um, have all the scriptures in your heart and in your mind to walk on that campus and to make peanut butter sandwiches or to make eggs or whatever we're doing in the morning. We're supposed to be doing breakfast. You don't have to have all the scriptures. You just have to have a willing heart. A willing heart. A willing heart. A willing heart to raise the finances. It's not inexpensive to come to California or to go to New York, right? Um, but to be able to raise those finances, talking to sponsors, putting a little bit of money aside, you know, maybe not drinking as much Starbucks, <laughs> uh, you know, you know, that $5 cup, if you save that for a year, your trip's paid for. Right on. Um, 
but I, I just encourage people to come. Be willing to set a week apart to be used by God, to bring the family, as long as the kids are old enough. Right. right? And, and um, one of the coolest things with the Dream Center is that you realize that God can work through willing people. Right? God can work through willing people. Pastor Barnett and his wife, they get a lot of the notoriety from the Dream Center because they're the face of the ministry. But the ministry wouldn't be happening if it wasn't for all the people that come through. I think during the summer, 140 people come a week from all over the country. Plus every single week, all of the staff, they're hitting all of the communities. So it takes an army yeah, it does. to hit the city of Los Angeles. But I truly believe that lives are being changed. When I first came, my first year was probably about 15 years ago. That same neighborhood there, that was there was a dump. Trashed out homes falling apart homes and then now you see that in just the 20 years that i've been coming here the 10 plus times that i've been here that entire neighborhood has been revitalized because somebody decided to be god's hands and feet in that area so to be able to come here and be a part of that is an incredible opportunity yeah i agree i agree it's it's it was uh i mean the strikers already know my story about last year but uh definitely it definitely has had an impact on me and hopefully i've had an impact on them as well yeah leroy man it's been a pleasure uh, getting to know you last year and a little bit more this year hopefully we can spend some more time on in the upcoming future um but thanks for coming in and joining us on yeah. uh, on the anvil yeah thank you for having me i appreciate, appreciate it, it. love you. you we'll love talk you. to you later yes sir strikers till next time Hey Strikers, welcome back to uh, the final episode of Takeaways from the LA Dream Center. We are with Julia today, Julia Kruger, and uh, hopefully mom hops on here in a little bit. Yeah, we won't hopefully. Be able, won't be able to see anything, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so. All right, so uh, this week we've been kind of going over our takeaways with, uh, the peop- with our team here and uh, what we look for in the Dream Center coming out here, what we were hoping to take away. But first, uh, what are your top three core values? Um, so I actually have four that all tie into one, which is what would Jesus do? Um, but my first one is love and relationship because I don't think you can have a relationship without love. Um, and then I have forgive and forget just because that's what Jesus would do in situations where you would have to forgive. You would then forget um, and I don't hold grudges as a person. And then the next is honor um, and I just think that you should have honor where honor is due, um, and you honor because you are an honorable person. And then my last one is to give, um, because as you give, you're able to receive. Um, and that's something that I've had to focus on over this last week at the Dream Center. All right. So what's your core scripture? Um, my, score, my core scripture is John 10, 10, which is the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and that um, Jesus came that we may have life and life to the fullest. And why is that your core scripture? Um, it was the first scripture that I ever memorized. I memorized it October 8th, 2020. Um, and it's the first scripture that I ever heard at a leadership summit area. What is it? What does it actually mean to you right now? Um, it definitely changes its meaning, but I think it's more that as a Christian, you should follow, um, Jesus because he is the person you should follow, but there's also a thief who will try to rob happiness in quotations. <laughs> to rob happiness. Yeah, so gotcha. it's, it's up to you to find that joy in those moments. Yep, right on. So, uh, first time to LA Dream Center? Um, this is my second time, actually. Second time? And the first time when you went, what were you expecting from it? 
I, I think that was like my first ever missions missions trip. I've been on outreaches um, and I've hopped out the community, but I think the first time that I came here, I was kind of just expecting to help people, um, but I got more out of it than I thought I would. Um, I was giving a lot of my time, but I was also receiving a lot back. So like relationships with people that um, I didn't want to know before. How was that trip different from this trip for you? Um, there were a lot more people the last trip, so we would split up. Um, and this trip, it's kind of been more of me with the group at all times, not with different people at all times. Um, the last trip, I think that we had a lot of repetitive things happening because that was kind of right after COVID. Um, and that was when they weren't able to have everything back open. But now that everything's back open and they're back at full capacity like they were before, we were able to do a lot more than we did um, the last trip. But you didn't mind the last trip being in the kitchen for four or five times. Yes, I did not mind that. That's I your would totally that was your do favorite part? Yes, I counted down the days till we had kitchen this week. <laughs> yeah, which was the last day. You had to wait yeah. a little bit. Yeah. So I know last time uh, when we came, uh, you were with your mom. Yes. And this time you're not without your, your either one of your parents. How, how did that play a difference in your mindset and, or uh, just the overall trip? I think I looked for a lot of coverage with her um, because, you know, when you have your mom with you, you end up kind of just going to her or your dad either or. Um, and it's just kind of forced me this trip to create relationships. I learned more about the different leadership paths that they have here. Um, and it's just forced me to kind of get outside of my little bubble of my parents. Um, I think that it also showed me that I do rely on them a lot. You know, I called them probably three times every day on this trip, um, and that's a lot, but I think it just goes to show that if they were here, I don't think I would have grown as much as a person just because I think I would have just stuck with them the whole time. Gotcha. So coming this round uh, is different. Uh, what was your expectation going into the Dream Center this, this time? Um, I think my expectation was just to build relationships with people and I did that. Um, but I also think more of my expectation was just to continue relationships with some of the workers there and some of the outreach leaders, um, which I also continued to do that. And I think it was just great the fact that last year um, they knew me from little actions that I did and just my spirit that I had. And this year, they started to put that puzzle piece together and we created long-lasting relationships for sure. Yeah, Donnie remembered you just, uh, the head of the kitchen, remembered you because of uh, going elbow deep into coleslaw, which not, I think not it sure. was amazing though. That was, that, was a good, that was a good memory from the last time we were here. <laughs> Me, Ashton, and Lawson were all elbow deep into that coleslaw. Um, we removed all of our jewelry. I just, but. I get this little gagging sensation when I think <laughs> of coleslaw. Ugh. I don't like the taste of it, but I enjoyed that part of it. So out of this, uh, what is your favorite, you know, well, your favorite ministry is kitchen. Um, I actually think that that changed. Oh yeah? Um, I think Adopt-A-Block became my new favorite ministry. I'm just connecting with people, being able to pray over people. Um, and just learning more about people um, in the surrounding communities, um, including the um, areas that have a tougher time. So, for example, Skid Row was able to create some relationships there. What uh, was a story that, or a, a moment that popped out at you that you would like to share with the, the strikers? Um, 
Yesterday, actually, we went to Skid Row, um, and I've never been there. I've drove past it once before on our last trip, um, but I do remember for Skid Row, it wasn't, this time it wasn't as bad as last year of how it looked, but we were driving, or we were walking, and there was this one guy driving, and he stopped over, and he asked for hot dogs and a drink, and he said, that he has been trying to look for a rehab center and Skid Row is three miles or so away from that. Um, Skid Row is three miles away from Dream Center. Um, so we, me and one of the people I got close with told him about it. Um, we prayed with him about it and he said that he would look into it and it was just kind of a divine moment that we were from the Dream Center and that the Dream Center does have a discipleship program and a sober program just for people who are wanting to sober up from certain things or wanting to become better. And it seemed like he wanted to do that. And he said that he was gonna make his way there and currently just hoping that he did make his way towards that Dream Center. Right on. So um, this was kind of my thought. Uh, I see your heart for people and I see how outgoing you are. And for some of those uh, who are watching, uh, kind of just planting some seeds because I know that we got a couple years uh, away from actually w the possibility of this happening, but I really see uh, some great things out of you in the future, no matter which way you go. Yeah. But I thought that the way that you uh, kind of lead groups and you're outspoken and your heart, I don't know, I kind of see uh, you coming in and to the LA Dream Center and just staying with them in a couple of programs and building those relationships out in the, in, in the uh, residential areas. What would you be, what was your thought on that when I when I asked you on that? Um, so I I've always been interested in an internship that's missions outreach or miss, missions dedicated. Um, and um, at our church currently we do have an internship, but I I haven't really looked into it. But I've heard that it's not really missions um, and outreach dedicated. Um, there more is more leadership, right? Yes, it's more about leadership and. Um, I do love the idea of learning more about leadership and I think that you can learn that anywhere actually, but I also feel like the leadership school in the LA Dream Center is also very much, um, I don't know how to word it, it's uh, missions oriented and yep. that's something that I want to do in the future. There was like a point where it was like three months where I wanted to become a nurse, but yesterday that closed that off for me. So, <laughs> Why was that? Um, a lady at Skid Row had a really bad cut on her arm. Yeah, it was um, really bad. She came for prayer and she was breaking down about it and just knowing that I didn't have the tools to be able to change that for her just kind of made me feel sad, but also I don't do good with blood. So that kind of closed that off because being a nurse, that's kind of something that you have kind to sign up for. Kind of a big for. deal, blood, yeah. yeah. And yeah. you might see a lot of it. Might, that's, that's a might. But yeah, definitely not gonna become a nurse after that. And so uh, the other question I asked was, I know that, um, you know, for people leaving the house when they go into college, that the transition into real world and having to almost take care of yourself all that time. How do you think that you would feel living out here for, I think the program is a year or something it's like that? It's a year to two years, it's your choice, but you can also get put on staff um, at the LA Dream Center. I think that I would be okay with it. Um, I think it would be a transition period. Um, 
And I think that that's something that would help me grow more because again, being here without my parents this time caused me to grow more and caused me to learn more about the community and more about the people here and be more um, receiving and giving at the same time. I think that it would be a fun experience, honestly, but um, yeah, I'd be in the same country as I'm still, so it's not like I'm going far, far away. It's not far, far away. And uh, out of your, both of your parents, who do you think would have the harder time of you being out here? Um, I think that it would be my dad yeah. because he was gone four months out of, or he was gone eight months out of a year usually. Um, and now that he's finally starting to create that relationship with me that he wasn't able to when um, I was younger, um, I feel like that would be a hard little stumbling point for me being gone like eight months out of a year as well. Right. Um, but I think that that's something that it would be, uh, we would both grow over that. Um, because again, phone calls are a thing and FaceTime's a thing and all that's. If he was here right now, what would you tell him to reassure him that you'd be okay and that uh, it would be a good thing for you to do it? Um, I, I would probably just say that I know that it's a safe area. I think coming here, I didn't think that it was a safe area. There's definitely really bad areas of LA that I've learned about, but I mean, those project areas like most of it are just people wanting relationships and you think that that's not the case, but most of it is that. Or um, even the areas uh, right next to the Dream Center, most of those are just people wanting relationships um, and wanting to talk to someone about, you know, how has their day been going and is there anything that you can pray with them for? Right on. Well, uh, Strikers, and for the people who helped us get here, uh, we appreciate you. Uh, this is going to wrap it up. We may have one more tomorrow or the following day, but uh, yeah, uh, we'll see how that goes. And uh, Strikers, uh, continue to listen, and uh, thanks for your support so far, and uh, thanks for coming on. Thank you. We'll talk to you later. See ya. See ya. All right, Strikers, we are back for our final guest on the wrap-up of the LA Dream Center trip. And for me, it is a special guest. I get to talk to my daughter today. Hi. Uh, her name is Alyssa. And uh, she is 20 years old. And uh, welcome to the show, Alyssa. Thank you, thank took you. took us a year and a half to get you on the podcast. <laughs> it did take quite a bit. So, uh, to kind of kick it off, the, we t ask everybody their top three core values. I know that's a little bit different for you. You've heard me talking about them in our life, right? Yes. yes. Uh, have you learned any uh, core values? Or just give me one, or two, or three, however many you want. Um, honestly, I feel like for me, my at least two would be love and kindness. Love and kindness. What does kindness mean to you? Just, just showing everybody kindness and being, you know, helpful and like treating people with kindness. Treating people with kindness. What's an act of kindness that you uh, participated in this this week? This week. Um... This week being the week after LA Dream Center, but this week, what, what was an act of kindness that you? Like the week that we just. I didn't do much this week. Um, Though the life of a college student. <laughs> um, I 
don't know. I honestly just hung out with my friends, and so I didn't do much. I mean, I, I treated them with kindness. I wasn't mean to them. You wasn't mean to him? Nope. <laughs> he wasn't mean to him. Um, how about your brother? Have you been kind to him? And oh, I went to go get him ice cream after his surgery yesterday. Ah, yes. There that we go. That is an act of kindness. Really had to drag that out of you. <laughs> I kind of forgot for a second. Gotcha. So you got two, and I, you know, as your father, I look for a third one. It doesn't have to be today, but look for a third one. But anyway. So today we're talking about the week that we spent in the LA Dream Center. And give me your honest answers. And so, uh, was this something you wanted to do? Um, okay, it's something that I wanted to do when you told me, when you kind of told me about it. I said, I was like, okay, I mean, cause I mean, You can say anything you want. Okay. Um, so I, again, I am a spiritual person. I don't believe in the things that you believe in. And so when you told me about that and you, you told me that it wasn't a super Christian thing and there wouldn't be a lot of God and Jesus and praying and stuff, I was like, okay, I get to help people. And I love helping people. I love making people happy. And I love being able to make a difference in the world, at least what I feel like is making a difference in the world. And so I, I did want to go. And then like after you told me about it and then I was, I was kind of excited to go. And then I got there and it is not what I expected. Do you feel like I lied to you? Oh, for sure. For sure. So I've had this conversation with a couple of people and mom gave, you know, mom and I talked about this, that I, that you and Caden thought that I lied to you. But I think that I've written on your mirror, even before this, a couple of weeks ago, is like, you'll find what you're looking for. Oh no, that's not what I wrote on your mirror. But I, I've, you and I've had the discussion on, you'll find what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. And honestly, you know, that the prayer and the Jesus thing, was not something that you don't notice I don't it. notice it because I was focusing on doing other things. Yeah. And uh, like I think um, I might have told you in uh, Ted Lasso. In Ted Lasso, people are like, wow, Scott, you watch that? There's a lot of cursing. I think uh, Papa Bailey even mentioned, like, I can't watch that. There's too much cussing. But I don't look for that, right? So I was I look for the underlying message of someone trying to help someone so i totally it wasn't lying to you it was just i don't i don't didn't I, I didn't see it so um yeah so i'm glad that i'm glad that we're starting to understand that i didn't lie to you that there was going to be some jesus in there but, but I, you said you I mean, even the first day we got there they prayed and you told kaden i don't know what this is this might just be the one a one-time thing <laughs> No, it was not a one-time thing. It was multiple times during the it day, It was wasn't it? multiple times throughout the day. Do you see that there might be a benefit for praying? Maybe not in, in, in the way that you look at things. Is, do you think that there would be a... I mean, everybody has their own beliefs, and I mean, that's completely okay. For me, 
I genuinely see praying like as a form of manifestation. So I, y'all are talking to one higher power while I am just putting it out in the universe, saying this will happen and that's what y'all are saying to one higher power. So is there a way of maybe when you're in that circle just thinking about the things that they're praying for, not necessarily praying for a higher power? When I was, I mean, when I was there, I kind of, I mean, I, I manifest, I manifested a lot during that, like any time that y'all would pray and stuff, I was manifesting like a better and healthy life for people and just like a happier life and just being able to have them figure out what their next steps are or if they have any next steps or anything like that, you know? Gotcha. So, I mean, I, I... If you want to look at it as praying, it is, I mean, I guess manifestation is kind of a form of praying or praying is a type of manifestation. So, I mean... Yes, and I would be, I am thankful that you are spiritual. I think that the spirit, your your spirit that you have inside you is important to keep healthy and to have uh, positive things going to it. So what was your expectation of the LA Dream Center before we went? Obviously that expectation states prior to, so what was your expectations of what we would do there? Um. So before we went, my expectations, because like the way that you described it, you said it was like multiple different levels for like different things. And so I thought we were going through like the, or like doing, helping every level or whatever. Yeah. And so I was kind I was, I was a little nervous at like going, like going before going. Um, mainly because I didn't know if we were just sticking with, like, I mean, at, like we did, or if we were doing like a bunch of different levels, and I don't know if it's still a bunch of different levels. When you're talking about levels, what do you mean? Because uh, I, I can't remember exactly, but I think before we went, you were talking to me about it and how you said like one part, like one floor was for, like each floor had a different thing. So yeah, so each floor in the hospital, which is the LA Dream Center currently, uh, each floor has a certain type of uh, struggle. Like the first, I think the first level, I don't know if there's any residents on the first level, but I think that it, it's like training and stuff like that. But the next, and I don't know the order, but it, the next level would be like homeless veterans. The next uh, level would be re recovering addicts. And then, you know, each floor has the certain group of people. Um, abused women, abused mother and children, that kind of thing. So they stay there. Yeah, and I thought we were going to be doing, like, going with, like, doing each floor. Gotcha. You know, I thought we were going to be helping people on each floor. And that's, it was nothing like that. And I, honestly, I really enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun. Yeah? Yeah. What was your, uh, the most, your favorite uh, outreach that we did? My favorite outreach, um, honestly, I liked Skid Row. Okay. I enjoyed Skid Row. I was like a little nervous at first, um, but I I really enjoyed Skid Row. 
Why would you, why did you like Skid Row? I think it's just cause like that kind of helps when we were, cause we kind of, we were all still together in a big group, but we all kind of spread out throughout the street. And so I wasn't, I didn't feel like, cause when we were in our, when we would separate into like little groups and like during the home or the um, adopt-a-block, we would stay in these little groups and go around, right? But in uh, Skid Row, you're all on this one street and you get to spread out and you get to like give people drinks or, and like, you know, and talk to people and like get to know people. And I, for me, cause like they would tell you, uh, talk to people, get to know them. And then at the end of the conversation, ask if you could pray for them. I wasn't comfortable with that, but I was comfortable with like talking to people and getting to know their story and getting to know like who they are, right? And I felt like that's all, and like people just want somebody to talk to. Yeah. And I don't, so I, I, I enjoyed Skid Row because I didn't feel like I was forced to say, can I pray for you? Because anytime I was like, felt forced, I just didn't speak. And so I, like the adopt-a-block, I... <laughs> you were not having any part of knocking on this. I was not having any part of it because like, I just, I felt so, I felt forced, like I would have, I would be forced to pray for somebody and that's, I don't believe in that. I'm not gonna, I'm, you know. Gotcha. And so... No, I don't know. Explain to the strikers and I it's not trying to, yeah, just kind of expand on that you don't feel comfortable well i think we discussed that you don't feel comfortable because that's not something you believe in yes okay um i just i don't believe in yeah i believe that i mean praying is a form of manifestation again but i i mean i don't partake in praying because I don't know. I just, I just manifested. I put it out in the universe, which that's what you're technically doing. But y'all say amen and all this stuff, and I just, I amen to what? <laughs> I gotcha. Okay. That sounds disrespectful, and I don't mean to be disrespectful or anything. I'm not trying to like hate or anything. Like people have their own beliefs, yep. and that's totally chilling. Yeah, uh, totally chilling. It is totally chilling. <laughs> you're so weird. Um. What, uh, on Skid Row, did anything surprise you? Did anything underwhelm you, overwhelm you? Um, I did. I don't know. I didn't, I wasn't really surprised. Um, but I did get a little overwhelmed. And I think it was just all, like, emotion-wise. Like, I got very emotional because I... I mean, ever since I was growing, like a little kid, as long as I could remember, I would see homeless people on the side of the road and be like, I feel so bad. Like, I wish I could just give them a house so then they could like stay warm in the winter, stay cool in the summer, like, you know, and like stay out of the environment. And, like, you know, cause it, it, it can be kind of harsh. And so I've always felt bad. And so seeing all of those homeless people and that area, I mean, it is like a little community and... Do you, do you remember the stats that I told you about uh, the population? Yes. What What is it? Uh, I know it's like, isn't it like 
there's more homeless people in LA County, right, than in the Little Elm area, right? Yeah, so there's 63 to 64,000 people in LA County that are living on the streets. There is 52,000 people living in Little Elm. So that's almost a little over 10, I can't do the quick math. I can do quick math, it's quick, but. I can't do math in general. <laughs> so you get that from me. Um, so did you meet someone on Skid Row that, uh, or do you have a story to tell from the, one um, of the people you met? Honestly, I met quite a few people. Uh, Anybody stick out to you the most? Honestly, that the this one guy Andrew, he he really stuck out to me the most, and I think it's because he walked with us as well, and so I got to kind of talk to him, and I got to kind of get to know him a little bit better. Um, but he. He stuck out to me mainly, and I think it's just because he scared the absolute poop out of me multiple different times by running across the street and not looking both ways. Yeah. Like that, uh, who? I even talked to him as we were walking back to the vans, and I was like, please, please promise me you will try to look at both ways at least before crossing the street. And he said, yes, I promise I will try to look both ways. <laughs> so, I mean, he... He, honestly, that day, he made my day. Like, just getting to know him and getting to know his story. Like, I saw him when we pulled up. I saw him, we got out of the van. I saw him talking to a lady, like, where Caden dropped the cooler off at. Yeah. And um, he, they were screaming at each other, and he was screaming. And it, like, just seeing him, I didn't even know him. I didn't know his name. It was before he came and walked over to us. And um, he was screaming and like yelling at her, cussing at her and saying, I'm gonna beat the mm out of you and like all this stuff. And I was like, whoa, 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 uh-uh. And I kind of got scared and I kind of stayed near Steve and, or Pastor Steve and Caden. Um, and then he started walking towards us. And I was like, oh no, oh no, oh no. And then he started talking and he was actually really sweet. And he kind of told us about like what was going on over there, and he, she, the lady started it actually. So, you know, it just anger. But um, yeah, no, he really stuck out to me. I know a phrase. I don't know if it jumped out at you, and I think it was you and Caden that asked the question. But uh, uh, you heard that some people get kicked off the street because they didn't pay rent. Yes, I was very confused about that because how are you, like you're homeless, how do you pay rent? But after they, like some, somebody, I can't remember who explained it to they me. They sell themselves. Wow, that's sad. That is sad. I, I told Cody, I was telling Cody about um, my, like about my trip and stuff and I told him that and he was like what do you mean like they're homeless they don't have money and I was like they sell themselves like they sell their bodies in order to lay lay on this concrete that's just a trip I mean you know you could see it if it was for a hotel room or something I don't know but just to be able to get a six by six square foot pad of concrete on the yeah. side of a road it was just amazing to me what uh is there anything that changed you honestly I feel like 
I, I don't know. I feel like there are bits and pieces throughout the whole trip that kind of helped, like, that kind of changed me a little bit. And I can't, I mean, I can't name them off, off the bat, you know? But I, I do know that, like, when, like, after I got back, I kind of realized, like, I, I'm trying, okay, for me, it, I, I'm just going to say this because I believe in it, but after I got back and I was like seeing, like I noticed from myself before I went and then after, and I feel like going there and helping these people really helped raise my vibrations and it's really like, it, I feel like my energy and like my vibrations are a lot higher and a lot better. Mainly because I got to see all these people struggling and see where these people are and just trying to, like I, I know that I could try to make a difference and I know that I could do things that to better myself so then I can prevent ending up where they ended up mm -hmm. and so I think that just the whole experience and just going really kind of helped. So would you do it again? Honestly I would do it again. I would just have to get over the... The, the God part? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's a good thing he still loves you either way. <laughs> There's that crazy cult stuff, huh? Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I found it interesting that uh, you called uh, what I do. You, it's so funny listening to you and, and Caden talk. It's like, those people are crazy with their prayers and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, you know, I'm right here in the room and you're talking about me. So, I don't know. It's, I, I'm glad you went, Sweet Pea. I know that, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know if you would have gone if I gave you the option uh, this time. Because it seemed like it was kind of a surprise to you. Like we talked about you going last year, and um, yeah, so we, it didn't really happen. I kind of wanted to scope things out myself before taking you, so that's kind of why I didn't really ask if you wanted to go, because we had kind of already said that you were going last year, but then, yeah, so, um, well, uh, right on. I can't wait to do it again. We've got a couple of uh, other opportunities one in Mexico to uh, build homes for uh, some residents down there. That seems fun. We've got the LA Dream or the New York Dream Center coming up as well. And then uh, there's also a trip to Uganda, Africa. So that might be something else, but that costs a little bit more money. That might need you to... Uh... Oh yeah, that was one thing. You weren't too comfortable about raising or asking for money. Uh -uh. Why is I that? I don't because Honestly, I, just asking people for money gives me anxiety and I don't like it. I do not like asking people to give me money. Like, I'm okay with asking mom for money, but like even you, I'm like, like it makes me cringe a little bit if I have to. Why is that? I honestly, I don't know. It's literally just money, but I, and especially with like cir circumstances like that, like, for a mission trip or like to help other people like I feel like most people would be like okay yeah how much but like 
No, I can't. I can't. Just ask, it gives me too much anxiety. I, I know. It, I know that, and I saw that, so I didn't require <laughs> you to do it. But um, hopefully, one day you get over that and understand that uh, when you ask people for help to to get somewhere to where you are going to make an impact on lives, that it also gives those the people the opportunities to help where they couldn't do it themselves, oh, yeah. but they get they encourage you and help you get there to make that impact. So. And just hope you one day find that and and yeah. can learn from that. It's it's not like you're mo you're asking for money uh, to go I don't know to the bar down the street or what have you. So it's actually using that money. Just know that what the gift that they're giving you is you're taking that gift. You're not really you're not accepting the gift. You're actually moving it forward to an area where you can make an impact. So. Yeah, I just also don't like asking people for help. You don't like talking to new people. I get it. I get that it. That too. <laughs> You're just lucky. I love you. I love you. Too. All right, sweet pea. Uh, thank you for joining me, and we'll look forward to another time uh, that we get to do it again. Thank you for having me. All right, Strikers. Uh, until next time, hope you all enjoy the Dream Center trip. Talk to you later.